Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Welcome, welcome to our training. And this is a training that's here by popular demand. A lot of you have been asking me about our strategy for serving insurance policy clients, midterm rentals, how to get started. Although I am the in the luxury short-term rental niche, I have had the great pleasure of serving a lot of midterm rental guests who are either displaced from their homes due to a natural disaster or some type of mishap with their property, whether it is a fire or a hurricane or a pipe that bursts, if that home is not habitable, those individuals are then looking for a place to stay. So let's go ahead and get started. So in this session, I'm going to show you how to go from just dreaming about serving these midterm rental guests to actually learning how you can create more time freedom and more income just by adding one luxury short-term rental to your portfolio. But this is mid-term rental edition, okay? So for those of you who are multitasking, come back to me. We're going to do a quick little activity, one of my favorite activities before we dive right in. And so for those of you who know me, you know that I love doing this dream property search party real quick because I think it's really important to equip you with a quick tool on how to analyze a property, okay? This is not the end all be all, but it is definitely a quick tool that I love to share with everyone because it has helped me out of a couple of jams in the past. So really quick, if you're looking to figure out whether or not a property in a particular market would make a good short-term rental, all you need to do is go to Google, search for AirDNA Rentalizer real quick. This is my free go-to tool, AirDNA Rentalizer, the free edition. And it gives me an idea of what I'm looking for, okay? So your first step would be to enter the address, the number of bedrooms, the number of bathrooms, the guest count. And my rule of thumb is three guests per bathroom. And once you enter that information, what I'm looking at for the most is the occupancy rate. If occupancy rate is over 50%, that property is a viable short-term rental in that market. If it is less than 50%, it tells us there's not a lot of travelers to that market. So I am not keen on investing in a high-risk investment such as those. So with that, guys, 
that's exactly what I do in order to break into a new market. I just take a look there, but then I do go deeper with other tools and even with the Air DNA paid version if I'm going to put some money down on a property. Okay. So some of you are excited about creating a luxury short-term rental portfolio that will generate anywhere from four, five, six, or even seven figures per year. So if you're here for that reason, you know what, you're in the right place or you're intrigued at the opportunity to uniquely position your real estate investments so that you can stand out from the crowd and maximize your profit. Or maybe you feel intrigued by an opportunity to uniquely position your real estate investment, stand out from the crowd, cut back on your W-2. Which one of these are you? Are you excited about the earning potential? Are you excited about repositioning your portfolio? Or are you excited about reducing your W-2 hours, working part-time, or leaving your W-2 behind all the way? Whatever your motivation is, I truly support you. And I truly support you because I was just like you several months ago. And I'll tell you a little bit about my story, but let, let me first introduce myself, okay? Um, so take a minute, introduce myself real quick. If we haven't yet met, my husband, Jesse, he is a retired psychotherapist. He used to work in the Atlanta public school system with at-risk youth. These are my boys, Ethan and Luke. Luke just started middle school, y'all. Oh my goodness. And our pups, Peggy, Dash, and Hopper. I am a pharmacist by training, semi-retired. Now, I do a little consultancy work, but if you look closely at the picture, yes, this is where we were at the Netflix studio at Albuquerque, New Mexico on the set of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And this is actually the film crew from Netflix at one of our luxury short-term rentals. But it wasn't that long ago that I was this baby pharmacist on the struggle bus, just like many of you. Born in Haiti, though, which is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, studied my tush off, got the doctorate, because I really wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help others. I want to be somewhere within the medical field to definitely make a difference in medicine. I definitely didn't want to take my parents' sacrifices in vain, but all of this education came with hefty student loans, like many who are here with us over nearly half a million dollars worth of student loans. Oh my goodness. So at one point, I think Justin and I, we had like five jobs between the two of us, just like hustle and grinding it out to pay off the loans. And so we're so grateful to be on the other, other side of that to get to short-term rentals. And so fast forward a couple of years later, have had the great fortune of sharing with others how to get started with short-term rentals it just made such a difference for me that I am shouting it to the rooftops. As you all know, we go live every week to talk something short-term rentals. I go on stages. I've been to Nashville on stages. I've been everywhere. Shouting to the rooftop. I'm here, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's co-author, Sharon Lecter, on a podcast interview where I got the great pleasure of sharing with her and Jason Hartman about getting started with luxury short-term rentals. And so definitely grateful for this strategy. But here's what I really want to know. I'm going to show you what it takes to create a lucrative short-term rental portfolio, leveraging the midterm 
rental strategy. And the reason for this is because I've had the opportunity to launch over 22 properties, hosted over 3,000 guests with an average five-star review and generated over 3 million in revenue since 2019 for the properties that we both own and manage for other investors. So when it comes to launching a luxury short-term rental or a mid-term rental, I know what works and I sure know what doesn't. And that's why I'm excited here to share with you. And 92% of my revenue comes from my short-term rentals. I get to say no to the projects that drain me and yes to the projects that light me up. And I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, I don't know what that feels like. I didn't either. But can you imagine what it feels like to only say yes to the projects that truly light you up? So Many of you have seen this quote before, and this is some a quote that I actually hold near and dear. It says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Oh my goodness, not cool, but Warren Buffett is not lying. I see no lies here. So let's take heed, right? <laughs> if you're anything like me, you are probably like, okay, Rachel, get to the point. We're here to talk about insurance. Okay, we're getting there. So Here's where we're going to go. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the types of properties that make great short-term rentals for the insurance guests. Next, we're going to be talking about how much does the insurance company really pay? How much can they really pay? Because that's the inside scoop, right? So next up, I'll reveal to you exactly what the insurance policy is that we're leveraging for this midterm rental strategy. And then from there, we're going to talk a little bit about where you can list your properties to get that visibility from the insurance companies. And if you want to learn more and work with me further, I'll tell you exactly how to do that, guys. So as many of you know, 90% of millionaires are made through real estate investing. I believe that creating a profitable short-term, mid-term rental portfolio is one of the most powerful and strategic ways to make an impact while growing your income to life-changing levels, okay? So guys, let's talk a little bit about the perks of the insurance guests and working with this population. The big elephant in the room is that a lot of us are facing regulatory constraints, right? There has been changes to regulations there are a lot of individuals who are in markets now that required a minimum 30-night stay, okay? Thankfully, our portfolio of 17, we're at 17 right now and one under construction. Our portfolio, none of our properties are facing this, but it's so important to understand all of the strategies that you can leverage, whether it's a 30-night stay strategy, how do you set up your property to make it more visible and appealing to this population. That's what's really important about this talk. But before we jump in, I want to talk a little bit about the perks and why I love using this midterm rental strategy. Okay. So a lot of you may have heard my story over on Bigger Pockets podcast, Go Abundant podcast, or Thanks for Visiting podcast where I talk about this one particular property. It's a luxury home that we launch. And this property, actually, the mortgage was $2,500. Once we put on or turned on, rather, the dynamic pricing tool, guess what? It shot the monthly rate, the 30-night rate, to $28,000 for 30 nights. Okay. 
So this is an actual property that we were looking to set up as a short-term rental with a two-night minimum. But to start off, we wanted to do 30 nights because we we're ramping up one of our cleaning teams and getting them onboarded and a new team onboarded. And so we thought to ourselves, you know what, let's do a 30 night minimum for the first month. And then we would revert to short term rental, like two nights and three nights and and so on and so forth. As soon as we turned on the dynamic pricing tool, it shot up to $28,000 for 30 nights. At that point, I thought to myself, okay, self, we already know that the dynamic pricing tool can be a little dicey. This is probably a setup issue. Let me go ahead and reconfigure it and turn it off and kind of train it. But before doing so, the property got booked. It got booked for $28,000 that month. And it got booked by the executive director for a movie. We're here in Georgia, aka Yollywood, right? So it got booked by an executive director that first month. The next month, it got booked by an insurance company for 15K. And then the following month, 21K and 22K. And so on average, it books for about 21K, 500 per month. And a lot of those bookings come from the insurance guests. And so for me, that was an aha moment. I realized that there was this niche that I wasn't very aware of a couple of years ago, but then I became very intimately aware as I worked with the adjusters, I worked with the guests, I worked with the temporary housing agencies to understand a little bit more about this avatar. And so what I love about the working with the insurance guests and serving this population is that you have an opportunity to book directly with this avatar after that first stay. So if they are finding you on an OTA, and we'll talk about where they will find you, the next month you have the ability to book them through your direct booking site, okay? So very, very important, a lot of cost savings there. The second thing that I love working, love with serving this population is that your STR nightly rates or close to it can still hold true for these midterm rental bookings, okay? The next thing that I love about this avatar is that they're typically low maintenance, okay? So by the time they get to your property, they're grateful, they have a place to stay, they're out of a hotel, and so the first step for this avatar is they go and they stay in a hotel. Step one is they stay in a hotel for a few days. Everyone does. So if a disaster happens to your home, your insurance gets involved. The first thing that happens is you're going to stay in a hotel for a few days until they could figure out what to do with you, where to place you, because they need that time, Right. And so some of the families have said to me, imagine cooking for a family of 10 in a hotel. So they're there, they're grateful. A little different from my executive luxury guests, right? These guests are super excited and super grateful to be in your home. And so love dealing with this avatar, love having the opportunity to serve this guest avatar. Another thing that is great about these insurance guests Again, since these are minimum of 39 days, these are often excluded or exempt 
from a lot of the regulatory constraints that many in our community are facing right now. Okay, so just wanted to share some of the perks there with you. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate and understand why those are perks. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the types of homes. So these are actual pictures of homes, of our homes, our clients' homes that are serving as short-term rentals for the insurance guests. So nothing too crazy, nothing too daunting. But what I want you to understand is that these homes are single family homes. I have found that these homes are typically three bedrooms plus four bedrooms are actually even better. Okay. And here's why. When you have a real estate investment trust, like a REIT, and the REITs are these very large apartment communities and neighborhoods, right? Oftentimes, those REITs have arrangements with these insurance companies already, okay? They can quickly furnish these properties to get the guests in there to stay at these large apartment complexes. But think about it this way. How often are you going to find a four-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroom apartment for that matter? Oftentimes, it's like a studio one and two-bedroom, but you're not going to find three and four bedrooms. And this is where I think you can stand out and kind of create your own niche for yourself in serving these insurance guests. So if you have a one or two bedroom, you're now competing with that REIT or that, let's call it a chain apartment like Camden that has 200 units right there that has one or two bedrooms, right? Of course, unless the guest wants to be in a home or wants to be in a condo that's a little bit set apart because ultimately the fiduciary or it would behoove the insurance to kind of place them where they're going to be comfortable. They've already faced a whole lot of trauma. They do not want to aggravate the situation. So if the family finds a space that is conducive to what the family, what they're wanting, they can have precedence over where the insurance wants to place them. Okay, so keep that in mind. I really believe that the homes that are ideal that I have seen selected for insurance guests, ideal characteristic number one is going to be three bedrooms plus. Okay, the second thing that's a key need that I've noticed in serving this clientele, and this is from serving over dozens of insurance guests, the questions that I get asked from the adjuster or the temporary housing agency is relative to safety. Safety is important, right? Window coverings is a thing. I know when I initially set up our homes, especially in the living room, I love large windows, the sun coming through, not too many window coverings. I just like that natural light. That's a that's a big question. The insurance providers want to know that there are window coverings all throughout the house, okay? And so definitely that's something to understand and to know. They will actually provide window coverings if needed, but I would suggest if you can swing it, go ahead and do it yourself because you want to serve that guest and you want to get top dollar. Okay, so those are two things that I would recommend uh, if you're looking to serve the insurance guests, if you have the choice between a one-bedroom property or a three-bedroom property to serve this avatar, three-plus bedrooms, 
is definitely going to be ideal. All right. And so many of you understand and know my mantra, you only need one or two properties to be insanely profitable and regulations, understanding your regulations before numbers. So understand the regulations for where it is that you're going to be hosting. Very, very important. We have 30 night minimums in some areas, 60 night minimums in some area. So that holds true for any and all markets. Okay. So if you're able to host a family for less than 30 nights in a specific area for a time period, like here, we're looking at a prop in East Hampton, definitely look at the municipality code to understand what you can and cannot do. So I have here kind of my workflow of finding and understanding what the ordinances are for an area. So you can do a Google search. You're looking for the municipality code. You're looking for the county clerk office. You want to give them a call to make sure. Zoning, give them a call as well. HOA, I'm, <laughs> I don't say I'm against HOA, but yeah, just say no to HOAs. If, if you can avoid them at all costs, avoid an HOA unless that HOA is where you have phenomenal amenities and you are sharing costs for those amenities, whether it's a boat slip, a wave pool, all of the things. But the HOAs that are just there to kind of be busybodies, you want to avoid them at all costs, okay? One of my clients, Karima, busy mom of this young man. <laughs> she has a single family home. It is in the south of Atlanta area and four bedrooms. The average market rent for this particular area is $2,100 per month unfurnished. She was able to gross $9,000 in her first month. Okay. And I'll show you a couple of additional payouts for different properties throughout. And so our second insider tip is how much can the insurance company really pay? And we're going to dive in to that momentarily. So this is actually a two bedroom condo. The payout for a little over 30 days was $4,300, $10,000 for 30 days. This is another four bedroom, 16K for another 30 days, 30 days at $9,000. This is 96 nights, so three months, a little bit over three months for 27K, okay? So these are some of the numbers that we're seeing in when dealing with insurance. Some of these numbers are not optimized, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to understand optimizing these numbers. But guys, compared to long-term rental, short-term rentals are definitely pushing or even midterm rentals are definitely pushing that ROI anywhere from 3X to 10X for sure. So we see on average a five, five digit payouts for these insurance guests for 30 nights. So I think it's really, really solid strategy. And so I know a lot of individuals are looking to get started and I want to encourage you, it, whether you're looking to get started on purchasing your property for yourself, leveraging co-hosting, leveraging arbitrage, depending on your relationships and where you are with your budget, you definitely can get started and have a profitable portfolio, even on a smaller budget. So some of the tools and resources that our community leverage to get in, if they're looking to purchase, is they're leveraging 
different types of loans, different types of down payments, whether it's retirement down payments, which is not something that I can advocate for. I'm not your financial advisor, but I'm just letting you know how our community was able to leverage and purchase over $7 million over the last several months. They're leveraging retirement down payments. They're leveraging insurance, infinite banking, which is something that even I'm learning about. They're leveraging work bonuses. They're leveraging home equity lines of credits to get into purchasing. I love purchasing as opposed to arbitrage and co-hosting because purchasing has not only provided us quite a bit of cash flow, but the equity to then purchase more properties has been incredible. And when you have a W-2 and you're purchasing and you make updates, all of those capital expenditures, you can get those back. So leveraging cost segregation studies, if you can check off and pass material participation tests, we have members of our community who have leveraged and were able to deduct over $100,000 from their W-2 income as losses, active losses, because they were able to turn the property into short-term rental and materially participate. And so that's huge. And it doesn't require a huge budget to purchase when you're leveraging using these types of strategies. So I just Wanted to put that out there, but there are three ways to host, of course. The landlord owner, the rental arbitrage is when you control the lease. And then the co-hosting is, of course, when you have that experience and you're managing for others, okay? So they all have their pros and cons for sure. So when it comes to furnishings, that's another question, right? Elephant in the room. So when it comes to furnishings, what we have with the insurance companies, they are willing to actually furnish the property. They they leverage and work with companies like Court, and they will rent out furnishings and place them in the property, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. So if you're in a pinch, absolutely feel free to leverage that. But here's what I'm going to tell you you're not going to get the payouts we were talking about just a moment ago. Because here's why. When it comes to having a furnished rental, that's a whole different asset than having kind of a long-term rental, right? An unfurnished long-term rental and a furnished rental are really two different assets. So I have seen where individuals who did not furnish the property would get about anywhere from 10 to 15 25% of the numbers we're talking about a little bit earlier. So if this is something that you want to leverage again and again and again, I think it would behoove you to look at a way to furnish these properties, okay? Very, very important. Get the property furnished so that you can make top dollar. All right, so of course, when I'm furnishing, I go through an entire punch list and get it going. Okay, so what is this insurance policy that allows these homeowners or policy owners to leverage temporary housing? Okay, so here's a little bit about the policy. I wanted you to see it exactly right before your eyes. So if you have a I would call it solid insurance policy. And you saw in the very beginning of the presentation that I had Allstate and Travelers and Progressive. If you have a solid insurance, temporary housing 
is a part of that insurance coverage. So if you have solid insurance, you're looking for the loss of use coverage, okay? Loss of use coverage is coverage D on most policies. It covers you for the hazards listed on your property, on your policy. And those hazards can be anywhere from fire, hail, smoke, wind, vandalism, wildfires, falling objects, and more. Busted pipes is one that we've seen quite a bit of. You wouldn't imagine how many fires happen in our community. These are homes like one day, hey, the kids are going to school. The next day, the house is on fire. It's like, what happened? What happened here? So very, very interesting. And it's uncanny how often this is happening. When these hazards occur, you know, the house is deemed inhabitable. And when it's deemed inhabitable, what happens is the family has to be placed in another property. Okay. And so here's what that workflow kind of looks like. When the house is inhabitable, oftentimes the insurance gets contacted. The adjuster is quote unquote activated, right? Let's call it activated. A couple of things occur. The temporary housing agency, there's a hotel division at the temporary housing agency. There's also a temporary housing division at the temporary housing agency. And so they place them in the hotel, they secure the rooms, they go to the hotel. And simultaneously, the family is looking for their next space to stay. And at the same time, the temporary housing agency is also looking for their next space to stay. Okay. So you have two pronged attacks. Okay. So oftentimes we're being contacted by the insurance and the family simultaneously, right? And so they're there at the hotel for a number of days. Like I said a little bit earlier, when the family said to me, imagine cooking for a family of 10 at a hotel, right? It's not going to be comfortable. And so what they're looking for is to place these families in a comfortable space. And you want to keep that in mind. These are families that are going through distress already. You want to listen in, understand the, the cues, understand how many kids are there? How Are there pets, right? Because you want to make sure that your space is prepared to serve this population. If you are not serving families with pets, individuals with pets, you're leaving a lot of money on the table, okay? Because these are families, think about it. Are they going to board their pet for one, two, or three months? Okay, so the, the life cycle or the actual workflow goes something like this. The family's looking for a property. They call you, they reach out to you somehow, and the insurance is looking for a property. What you want to know is number one, how many individuals are in this family? How many bedrooms are they used to? We had a family, we hosted a family who had an 11 bedroom home. Our property in this market, we don't have any 11 bedroom homes, but our six bedroom home was large enough to accommodate. So this is definitely a beds to heads play. It was a three generation family. There is very spacious on a large lot and they we were able to accommodate the number of beds they needed. There was a big girl's room, a big boy's room, and then mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, that kind of situation. So it takes a little bit of finagling but it is very, very manageable if you can accommodate the heads to beds play, okay? 
this type of property does not necessarily have to be luxurious to the gills. But what's going to be really important is that it has all of the cooking tools that you that the family needs because they're coming. Some of them are coming. They're empty handed, like truly, truly empty handed. The clothing on their backs, right? So a large quantity of linens. These you can put your brook linens away. I'm going to be honest, like legit put the brook linens away. We're not doing brook linens in this situation because your your linens are shot, okay? <laughs> They're going to get a lot of wear and tear. So go ahead and bring out as many linens as you can to make sure that you can accommodate and serve this population. The next thing is just to ensure that you understand that these individuals are going to most likely visit the property prior to their stay, okay? Typically in the short-term rental industry, when we are serving guests, if they want to come and see the house before their, their booking begins, that's a no-no. This is different. This is a different avatar, okay? They're going to want to visit the property before their stay, and you, you're going to want to accommodate them because they're going to be there for 30 days, 30 nights minimum, according to the policy typically, but you're going to understand quickly, depending on your market, depending on the level of damage to the property, how many nights they're really going to stay. So we've had those who start off with the 30 night stay that were with us for 11 months. Okay. Remember supply chain was backed up. Finding skilled laborers that would show up to work was a challenge. And so that is something you want to take into consideration, okay? And so it's really important to write your contracts so that the notice to vacate covers you for at least the next month. So we set all of that up to make sure that we can allow them to book that extra month. The insurance covers that month ahead of time if you know what you're doing, if you're able to communicate that to them, okay? Because you don't want to necessarily block off your calendar and you're not getting a booking if they're not going to stay, nor do you want to open it up and someone else books for two nights if you're going to extend. So there's got to be some flexibility with the way that those month-to-month stays are, are booked, okay? So keep that in mind. So another thing that I love to do is as I'm speaking with the family, I go ahead and I ask some poignant questions. The reason I want to understand the number of bedrooms, the reason I want to understand where the home is located, the subject home that is damaged is because the insurance policy covers about 25 to 30% of the property value. Okay, so come back to me if you're multitasking. I'm going to say it one more time for those sitting in the back. Insurance covers about 25 to 30% of the property value in temporary housing allowance. So it's per claim. So per claim per 12 months. So what that means is if I understand my market and I understand that three bedroom homes, four bedroom homes, five bedroom homes, six bedroom homes, 11 bedroom homes are going for XYZ market price, right? So say the the home value is 600,000. Okay? Based on what they're telling me, I'm listening in to get some clues 
And I already know, hmm, that house is probably worth $600,000, right? So what's 25% of 600,000? 150, right. So that's 150K. So we have a 150K bucket. That's 25%. I didn't even say it was 30%. You see, I'm not greedy. I'm not greedy. Can't nobody call me greedy. <laughs> so that's 150K per claim per year. For those of you who are allowing the insurance to lowball you, no offense, insurance. And I know there's some adjusters on this call. No offense, but I got I to gotta give my people the truth. <laughs> For those of you who are allowing the insurance to lowball you, I want you to step in confidently. Okay. And, and ask your price, ask your price confidently, because you know what these, these policy holders like you, like me, we've been paying on these policies for year after year after year. And if a catastrophe happens to our property, we want to be placed in a home that's safe, that's comfortable. And, and that our kids or our family members, our loved ones, they're accustomed to a level of living. And if, in fact, I believe this house is going to take eight months to repair, I'm going to take that 150000 and divide it by eight, okay? What's that? 150000 divided by eight. That's $18,000 per month that they have in their allotment for temporary housing. So if it's going to take 12 months to repair, Right. So 150,000 divided by 12, that's 12,500. If it's going to take six months to repair, that's the allotment that they have. Okay. So, what I want to do is really equip you with understanding that gem right there so that when they come to you and they want you to pay something around six or seven K. And you're new, your brand spanking new, you're like, that's great. But is it really? <laughs> Definitely, that is what I wanted you to understand. 25 to 30% of the temporary housing bucket, 25 to 30% of the property value is the temporary housing bucket. Okay. That is just for temporary housing. That is just for short-term slash midterm rentals. Okay. And then, so when they come and a lot of my students in, in the community, they will write me back and they say, they're asking for this and they're saying this and they're saying that. And so we have a way of also leveraging other comps because first of all, I want to know heads to beds, if there are eight or nine individuals, they would not be placing them all in one hotel room, right? It's going to be anywhere from two, three, even four hotel rooms. And so another tool or step that we leverage is comparing what are the nightly rates for four hotel rooms. And we're not looking at motels, ladies and gentlemen. We are looking at the Marriott or the Hilton. That is the standard. We are not looking at extended stay. That is not the gold standard. They, you must look up the nightly rate for three hotel rooms at the Marriott or the Hilton, okay, full stop. And so once you look at the nightly rate for those and it comes out to like $50,000 total <laughs> for eight months or for, for that one month rather is what I calculated a little, a little while back depending on the 
peak seasons. So that's another thing you must take into consideration. So after I started to understand those numbers, I really had to take a step back and recognize that, okay, this 17, 18, 21K that we have been charging is not a bad deal at all to accommodate this larger family with pets. Let's talk about pets for a second. If there are pets, reach out to the local kennels. How much does it cost to house Fufu? And don't forget, there's Lulu too, because we we travel in twos and threes with pets, right? I got three dogs right now. How much does it cost to board three dogs for a month? So let's add that in there as well. Okay. So I'm not saying go all in. You want to check the temperature of the conversation, but I want you to understand how and why you're going to justify the nightly rate you're asking for. And part of our program also, we go over the lease, we go over the refundable and non-refundable deposits that we require for the linens that we know and other things that we know that will require some love and updating and repair after we get to serve these beautiful guests. Okay, our next point is where can I list? Where can I list? All right, so we work with the number one temporary housing agency in North America, as well as smaller temporary housing agencies in the U.S., as well as agencies that are within our local market. So within our local market and also the number one temporary housing agency in North America, I will tell you that the number one temporary housing agency in North America does not leverage or use Airbnb, or they're not supposed to, as of, I want to say March of 2021. Okay. They do not use Airbnb as of March of 2021. And so the consumers, remember when I said a little bit earlier, my guests, when they are looking to find a property, they will use Airbnb and reach out that way and then connect the insurance agency to the homeowner with the short-term rental or mid-term rental. So the consumers will use the temporary housing, will use Airbnb. However, the agencies will typically use corporate housing by owner, which is a site that I use. So the agents will use corporate housing by owner and they will use Verbo as well. And there are also portals that you can directly list your property with the intranet, within the intranet of these agencies so that they know if they're looking in this particular zip code and they look in their portal, they'll see your property show up. And once your property shows up, they can reach out to you. So they have internal portals as well. So making those relationships with those individuals, they know if they're looking for properties that I have and all of my zip codes, I've made it clear to them that I am your girl. You come to me first <laughs> because once you have a good relationship, you want to think of it as a relationship because here's the deal. They will come to you again and again and again, especially if you do a great job at serving their clientele. You will get contacted 
over and over again. Okay. Because it's within their best interest to get these families into homes that where they feel safe, where they feel cared for. And the reason you're on this call is because you're that type of person who's looking to make sure that these families who have already experienced catastrophes, your goal is to make sure that these families, they feel well cared for. You want to make sure that they feel safe there in a home that is comparable to what they're used to. And so if you're able to provide this for them, they will reach out to you again and again and again. Okay. So the marketing platforms we use are still Airbnb because we know the consumers are going to look there, but corporate housing by owner, verbal, as well as other timber housing agency internet portal, their internal portal. So reaching out to them, making those relationships and making sure that you're having good, productive conversations with them so that they can leverage your spaces again and again and again. Like I said a little bit earlier, if you would love to learn more about working with me, where we can go into all of the templates, we can go into all of the tools that we use to price our nightly rate with confidence. We can make sure that we avoid accepting low ball offers from insurance companies and serving this population. Make sure that you can you can definitely structure your proposal because you don't want to structure your proposal in a way that the insurance is going to bulk at it, right? So there's a process to that. You want to make sure that you're requesting your refundable and non-refundable deposits, okay? And you want to make sure that they're, they're, they understand it. You explain it in a way that they understand. So we have contracts, templates, SLP swipe files for all of that. You want to structure your notice to vacate because the big deal is what if they only want 30 nights and you and I both know it's not going to 30 days is not enough time to repair the space. How do you treat your calendar going forward? Do you block it off? What do you do? And so part of the deposits that we collect also is the 30-day notice to vacate. So making sure that is structured correctly. And this is such a huge risk mitigation technique that we have in our business. Not only have we benefited from it, but others who have short-term rentals and vacation markets leverage this midterm strategy for their slow seasons as well. So really, really important to understand this avatar, to understand how to attract them and to understand how to serve them. Because like I said, it's been nothing but a pleasure to serve this clientele. So with that being said, if you have questions, if you want to connect, feel free to get on my calendar for a quick 15 minute call. You would go to shorttermgens.com slash join, shorttermgens.com slash join, where we go over the entire suite for our midterm rental strategy, along with all of the other strategies we leverage in our luxury short-term rental business. And so looking forward to connecting with you, shorttermgens.com slash join. Again, I appreciate you and I hope you guys we're inspired and you got some value. All my best to you and I will see you soon. Bye-bye for now.